This is Geeks Unleashed, episode 45. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little older, a little more tired. <laughs> that, that could sum up the entire last year. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 45. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Stephen. Each week we cover the news of the week and we pick a couple of things to review that caught our fancy in TV, comics, movies and games. This week's reviews are Pacific Rim the Black on Netflix and Kung Fu episodes one and two on the CW. And spoiler warning, this is a review show. So if you haven't had a chance to watch Pacific Rim or Kung Fu, you might want to pause this and come back. And then at the very end, we'll give you a couple of recommendations of our own. Stephen, thank you very much for coming back to Geeks Unleashed. Yes. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. How are you guys? Yeah, 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 man. Like, same old, your, same um, old. So just a, I guess a recap. I, I'm in the UK and uh, you two guys are in different parts of the States. And um, over here in the UK, we're finally the uh, the padlock is slightly loosened. <laughs> and uh, we're, we've been uh, given some elements of freedom from our, our watchdog overlords and uh, <laughs> in, in Downing Street. So um, we're, we're allowed to go out now and meet people of six in our gardens we can go to pubs only if they have a garden. We have to book tables or, I mean, you might be able to show up, but, and um, there are elements of freedom. And I've decided to go away this weekend down to the coast. And um, uh, we have a little, my, my parents have a little holiday home down here. So my audio may not be as clear as it normally is because I, I'm using uh, headphones and a little mic. Rather yeah, than but your head before. is clear because you're out on the coast. You finally got out <laughs> yeah. of the house. Oh no, it's nice, nice. You know, like I'm five minutes away from a beach. I mean, it's a cold day, but <laughs> I am I am near a beach. So <laughs> there was specks of rain today, but what do you, what can you what can you expect? It is the UK. So uh <laughs> do you know what the last two weeks, you know what? Honestly, shit you not, like it has had elements of sun and snow in the same day. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's like snowing in parts of Europe right now. Oh, it's just nuts. Like I wake up in the morning, I've got snow coming down. In the afternoon, I'm sitting in the garden getting hot by the sun. I'm like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> the uh, weather is just as confused. It's trying to come out of lockdown too, Mark. You got to give it a yeah. chance to recalibrate. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what it is. No one yeah. told the sun. No yeah. one told the sun. So, yeah. <laughs> Keeps stubbing uh, his toe on fall. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stephen, what have you been up to since you were last on the show? Uh, yeah, man. Honestly, I've been somewhat addicted to to uh, games i um what are we playing had a game. yeah man uh well old stuff mostly uh skyrim and uh well, okay. well, tetris okay. Tet- tetris yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. Diablo 3. Um, <laughs> and uh i actually there's um a little known game victor Vran that i found that i really love it's a kind of a vampire hunting game um it's oh, a lot cool. of fun so yeah. Oh, what, and what, when you downloaded. play Skyrim, what do you play as? Like, what class are you? Oh, I, I'm typically a rogue, and I love oh, okay. dark elves. Okay. So. All right, that's fair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's actually a rogue class, but I I play as uh, I always use daggers and go the stealthy route. So. Ah, uh, I do. I do uh, the two-handed weapons, like the big, yeah. the big mace and the battle axe. But I also have a yeah. bow. <laughs> like it's very bizarre. Yeah, man. I've never played well, Skyrim. Oh, it's addicting. It's a, it, yeah, if you like fantasy, it's um, it's a lot of fun. I've tried to, uh, I got frustrated with it and tried to find another game that was like it. And was it open world game or is it? Yeah, yeah, totally open. World. Oh, okay. 
Is it like a Horizon? I, I only played one open world game, as you know, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, <laughs> is it like that? Uh, oh. It's far more faction-y than Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. Like, there's there's a bajillion and a half different paths you could take with Skyrim. Yeah, just to give you an I've I've run across like 180 some odd locations on the map. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I mean, it's just like, it, yeah, it's massive. The tons of quests, tons yeah. of, yeah, it's it's fun. So, anyway, <laughs> I think Witcher Three to me comes closest to Skyrim of all the open world games that I've played. I've read, even that. though it's linear, because you yeah. you can only play as Geralt, and then sometimes you play as Siri, but. Yeah. The, the open world aspect of the game plus you can still determine how you want Geralt to kind of play so yeah. they don't exactly have classes but like if you prefer melee weapons then you can do that or if you prefer ranged weapons you could do that too oh that's awesome yeah I'll try that next oh man I love Witcher 3 I sank 120 hours into my first playthrough of Witcher 3 <laughs> <laughs> uh, and still what, what part of America are you in again yeah um, mid America I'm in a, kind of the south of Tennessee Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. I've been oh, there just, once. 15 went, miles outside of Nashville. Yeah. I went to, oh, I don't oh, think okay. I was on that. I was, I went to Memphis. I've been to yeah. Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> how, yeah and how right. is, and, and are you guys locked down or have you ever been locked down or are you just all, all... yeah, it's, um, honestly, man, it's kind of, it's kind of odd. I mean, um, there's a, there has been a, there was a really strict quarantine for several months and then the, the society kind of split. <laughs> um, i'd say a, a third of people just decided they were going to go about their life however they wanted yeah. nothing was going on and then the rest of us were trying to you know what i mean it's almost like a political statement to not wear a mask which is kind of uh, it's like your political statement is i don't care if you're comfortable <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> or safe you know <laughs> i was at a client's job site yesterday and i walked in none of them were wearing masks i had my mask on and when I walked in, they were like, oh, you don't have to wear your mask. We're all vaccinated. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I've got my second yeah. shot too, but uh, I'm good. I'm just going to keep the mask on. That's fine with me. Yeah. And they're like, are you sure you could take it off? And I'm like, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, my favorite pastime now is to, to ask people not wearing their mask, what they think of uh, Fauci. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> you do that to yourself no of, of what sorry of what uh dr fauci is uh oh, he's know. been the lead lead physician and he's a specialist in um in this this situation oh, kind of. yeah yeah, oh, in he's just, in, oh, yeah. In America. he was oh, yeah. okay, okay. it was funny watching him advise from Try the sidelines to, of, to advise of the, the first administration so. <laughs> anyway all right sorry i didn't mean to get political i just thought that was funny because there's a hard line stance you don't wear a mask you don't like fashion so <laughs> anyway oh over here it's the law you have to wear a mask if you go into a shop yeah uh, unless you're oh, unless the conservative governors in the south have decided that that's not important anymore <laughs> like you don't have to do that so they oh, put no, all the sure. burden on the businesses I, I I'm telling say, you, every time ma- somebody comes to the door, I'm like, you got to wear a mask if you're coming in. The governor says I don't have to. And I said, yes, he did say that. But we say that you, if you're yeah. going to come in here, you got to wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it kind of, even though they've made it the law, there's not enough police to really police it. So, I mean, shops do have in the window no mask of entry, but there are allowed you obviously if you're medically exempt you know i I think i've seen people walking around with signs on them that say i'm medically exempt but i know that you can go on the internet and buy those for like five quid or something (laughs) so 
I don't know. I don't really know how many people really are medically exempt. Don't get me wrong. I hate wearing a mask. Like, I definitely don't like the surgical ones. I feel like I'm like constantly choking on a furball, but like, um, <laughs> but I, I prefer the cloth masks if I'm going to wear a mask. So, well, you got a cool new one. You uh, sent me this even a picture earlier, so you uh, should wear yeah. that one more often. <laughs> oh, the smiley face one. Yeah. I only bought that yesterday. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we should... Uh, I hate talking about COVID. We've talked about it far too much. So, and uh, I saw someone the other day actually before we jump on saying they're going to do some writers open writer session. You'll jump on do a Zoom, on the Zoom. Everyone do some writing together. You know, have a bit of banter, talk through plot ideas or whatever it is. You know, you if you're having sh- t- uh, trouble structuring a sentence, and it said on there two rules: no talk about COVID, no talk about vaccines. And I was like. You know, I could get on board with that. <laughs> so, and um, it's, it's t- you know, like I was saying the other day, someone said, oh, "I wish the press would just talk about something else." I was like, "I went, yeah, I went. There's just nothing to talk about. The press just love it. They love yeah. to make COVID." Like I went, almost like you know, you'd need something really big to happen. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, but don't jinx <sighs> it. Like don't. don't <laughs> next thing you know, we're gonna have like, oh, there's a strange happening in the ocean near Japan, and oh god, here we go, kaiju. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Well, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> kaiju or Godzilla or something worse. I mean, come on, man, be careful what oh, you yeah. wish for. Well, I, no, I just no. Well, I wasn't wishing. I just said they need something. <laughs> they need something bigger. I mean, even you know, obviously. You know, Prince Philip's death is going to sell maybe a few papers, like for an, for a week or two, or you know, and and, and it'll be referenced. <laughs> it'll pro- it'll pro- no, it'll probably be referenced for a while, but it's not going to be constant. They're not going to be able to fill up, you know, uh, like they're not going to be able to fill up the next three months worth of papers like they have with COVID the last twelve months. So anyway, again, I'm still talking about COVID. So let's <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> you're the you're uh, a member of the media. You're part of the. <laughs> Part of the problem, yeah. Anyway, we'll jump into this week's news. The first story really pissed me off. Um, Miranda Wayland, uh, who is the BBC's diversity chief. Um, well, she has said Luther isn't authentic enough um, as he doesn't have any black friends. Um, so for those who do not know what Luther is, it is a BBC crime uh, television series, which... Um, Uh, finished in 2019 uh it stars idris elba as dci john luther um also she feels that as he doesn't eat any caribbean food um so this is her actual statement yeah no no i can see your faces like um (laughs) (laughs) that's a thing let me ding you because you don't eat caribbean food (laughs) so Right, okay, let me read this. Uh, it's great having those uh, big landmark shows with those key characters, but it's about making sure everything around them, their environment, their culture, the set is absolutely reflective. Um, so she goes, it will be very much how we can make sure that the program is authentic in terms of storytelling. I mean, if you've watched Luther, Luther doesn't have any friends. Like, he doesn't have black friends, he doesn't have white <laughs> friends. He, he doesn't have a family. Like, I mean, well, he, uh, he did have a wife, but you know, that that didn't really work out well for him. Um, so, like, <laughs> no, no, like it worked well, out for uh, the first season really well, though. Well, well, well. So, I mean, when this when this season, literally, the show starts, him and his wife are having problems because he only cares about the job. That is it to him. It is the job. I mean, he probably barely even eats, let alone Caribbean food. He wakes up, he lives and breathes. He lives and breathes being a policeman. 
like this to me like you know i don't care whether like he was black or white he literally he's a policeman that loves being a policeman it doesn't really matter like to me what his color is or what or even what color the other people are this show is about a gritty man who loves the job and for her to go oh he doesn't have enough black friends and he doesn't eat caribbean food i'm like what is she talking about? I like, think the eating of the Caribbean food is a very odd point, only because it, it you're giving too much importance to him being black. Like, what does his blackness have to do with his role? Because I think that part of the problem with Hollywood is that there aren't enough minority characters in mainstream TV that are doing random shit. Like, why, yeah. you know, you've got people walking behind you, people sitting at the bus stop, people driving by in cars, like, all of those people could be a variety of colors and ethnicities, but they're not, you know, like that's part of the problem. Why can't they just be background people? Like the lady that you pass while you're talking to your partner is a, you know, a Hispanic lady or something like that. It doesn't, it doesn't always have to be the main character, but just like you want to talk about showing authenticity and diversity, like make your extras diverse, make your non-speaking roles diverse. Like, Get out of here. He doesn't eat my, Caribbean my, food. Good lord. My, my, my father-in-law's Jamaican. I haven't seen him once in 10 years eat Jamaican food. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. you know, it's I, because I he doesn't have black friends, Mark. That's why. My two things. One is, okay, so I'm, <clears throat> this whole idea, okay, so how homogenous uh, do specific races have to be in a fictional story? Like how much do they have to adhere to the stereotypes that we're trying to, which ones are we trying to reinforce? Which ones are we trying to defeat? Like what's the agenda? Like the problem is, has been that in entertainment, specific races were were relegated to specific types of roles. Exactly. And and it the opportunities were not even. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The other part that bothers me is I'm so tired of Hollywood being the one to preach this sermon because who is the one that for for decades, and I apologize, you're talking about the BBC, that's not Hollywood, but entertainment for how long reinforced that stereotype? Mm -hmm. How many times was the the car burglar or uh, just a group of criminals or a low income area, just nothing. That's, those were the only opportunities for people, people that weren't white in entertainment. Mm -hmm. But these are the people that are coming back and and telling us how we can be more accepting. And I'm not saying that it didn't reflect society as a whole, but I think a little bit of humility is goes a a long way when it comes to the entertainment industry and talking about race. Like Idris Elba, honestly, I've struggled to think of an actor over the last the last few years that has that has done more to open up like the the general populace in regards to what a black man can play exactly there was there was a legitimate conversation he played a freaking viking in thor so yeah (laughs) yeah and and that's the thing too every role he comes to he brings like some legit weight like he's he's got this intelligence and this like quiet strength and he's freaking horrifying in the u.s when we watched when me and my buddy were watching luther he was like man do you know how horrifying it would be to be a cop in the US without a gun. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and but Luther, <laughs> Luther, it's like, well, if you're going to do it, do it as Luther. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, that's the last thing I'll say. It's just, it's. But that's the thing, yeah. right? Like, if you're going to put some thought into it, if, if that's actually going to be part of the character, if that's part of the struggle, part of the storytelling itself, fine, fine. But don't just throw random things like, 
oh my god our main character is korean but they never yeah. eat kimchi oh well, my god yeah. so does that make them less korean because they don't eat kimchi like that's well, ridiculous yeah, and that'd be like saying in the u.s like i haven't seen him eat hot chicken yeah. how freaking <laughs> how racist that is that how come there's no grape oh, soda yeah. and watermelon <laughs> Jasmine. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. By the way, I am black and I do like my fruit sodas and watermelon, so don't judge me. But I'm just saying, like, that's how ridiculous that sounds. Like, he's not yeah. authentic because he doesn't eat a Caribbean food. Get out of here. Oh, no, when, I, when, I, when I heard this news, I was like, so what? Like, am I supposed to eat fish and chips every night? You know, like, yes. You know, like, yes. You're supposed to eat you fish not? and chips. You're supposed to think that curry food is too spicy and you're only supposed to drink <laughs> lagers. That's it. Nothing else, Mark. Like, uh, yeah. You and do. I, and I, you do. Sorry. Go ahead. Go on. No, go on. <laughs> I was just going to make a joke about you being in the baking industry. That fits. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that, I guess that, oh, I don't know. Like, but, Anyway, it, the whole thing annoyed me. The ridiculousness of it all. It was like yeah. um, my, there, there uh, are there are worse things for you to to bring it like bring attention to it. A real issue. Don't yeah. Don't make an issue when there is. I think I think the BBC just yeah. proven how woke they really are. So um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm trying not to get annoyed about this anymore. Let's move on. Let's move on to something fun, Jasmine. So our next piece of news really got me smiling. Um, there's going to oh, be man. a live action Gundam movie coming to Netflix. Uh, and it is going to be directed by Jordan Bot Roberts, who is the guy that directed Kong Skull Island, which if you have been listening to our show, you will know awesome. that the entire month of March, we kind of did a, a movie month, monster <laughs> movie month. And Kong Skull Island, we determined was kind of our favorite of the MonsterVerse franchise. So I'm mm -hmm. excited to see what he could bring to a live action Gundam. And the cherry on top uh brian k vaughn the guy who wrote saga yeah. which is the comic series that actually got me into comics that were not hero comics um also uh brian k vaughn does why the last man is going to be mm -hmm. writing so man this and he's going to be executive producing so this who, who knows how they're going to do this story i mean let's be honest like it's giant robots but i'm i'm excited with the background people that are attached to this project so far so we we shall see what Netflix does with that talent. <laughs> I, yeah. I I'm excited for this to be honest. Like, I don't really know much about Gundam, but like I Brian K. Vaughan, I love anything he's written. I've probably read. Um, mm -hmm. He also wrote, I believe, memory is correct, uh, some episodes of Lost as well. Um, but no, I'm I'm a big Brian K. Vaughan fan, and um, I'd be quite quite keen to watch this so. yeah and the uh the same japanese animation studio that actually worked on gundam uh which is sunrise they're also going to be part of this project but hey oh, man i'm i'm down for gigantic monsters fighting other gigantic robotic <laughs> things so bring it on plus i think yeah. i mean i don't know if it's going to be animated no it's live action but netflix did a really good job to me with their voltron series so yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna trust them and and hope that they can bring another '80s franchise into the modern era. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Image Comics uh, has given us some news this week. Skybound Entertainment, which is uh, Robert Kirkman's uh, imprint, uh, Image, have uh, announced that to mark their 10-year anniversary of the Skybound imprint, they're going to launch a five-issue miniseries, uh, which is going to come out weekly, called Skybound X. So there's a lot, a lot here. Uh, it sounds really exciting, to be honest. If you're a Walking Dead fan or any 
fan related to anything that Skybound have done. It's going to be like a sort of an anthology book, but they're going to have an ongoing storyline as well throughout it. They're going to have it's called Rick Grimes 2000, which is like an alternate <laughs> Rick Grimes story. I, I don't know. I never read the Walking, Be- uh, Walking Dead uh, series, but it's also going to feature uh, a character which has been long demanded. So I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Telltale uh, game series. Yes. Which, uh, so the, did you did you play the Walking Dead? No, it's too creepy, but I know the series. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you were so excited. <laughs> I, I kept yes. up with it because for a while it was really episodic. So yeah. like you could you could kind of watch other people play it. No, I can't. I cannot do anything zombie. I can't do it. I can't. I, oh. It doesn't matter if I'm playing in the middle of the day. I can't do it. So there's a character. There's a character in there called Clementine. She's going to make her comic book debut in the five issues that's going to come out. So um, there's going to be loads of characters in there. Probably, I mean, you've got Manifest Destiny in there. Um, loads of sort of loads of different books in there um there's uh, loads of different creators are going to be involved so all the list of creators i'm just going to run through them obviously robert kirkman's going to be in there ryan otley tilly walden donnie cates who is like marvel's golden boy at the moment uh, joshua williamson chips darsky who doesn't love chips darsky james harron uh, daniel warren johnson uh, all contributing in there's going to be characters that you're familiar with as well as characters apparently and titles that are yet to come um i think they just oh. launched a new title called shadecraft last week uh, yeah. I, I read that issue. It was it was very interesting. But uh, yeah, at the back of the issue, they were talking about how they were really nervous to release it right on the heels of Skybound finishing. But then they were like, but we've got this whole new crossover thing that's happening and Shadecraft <laughs> is going to be coming to the Skybound universe. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Um, Ultra Mega as well, which is uh, their kind of uh, ultra thingy. Uh, kaiju, their own sort of kaiju as well is going to be in there Everybody as well. has to have their own kaiju universe. <laughs> You have to. Um, but Birthright is going to be in there. Uh, there's, 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 to be honest, there's loads. Uh, Redneck as well. I, have you read Redneck? I haven't. Are um, you asking us that because we're from the South? Yeah, I was going to say, no, why are you just, looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> my, plaid, my plaid shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. No, no, I don't know why. <laughs> I, where's my fish and chips? My, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, we're all following <laughs> in, aren't we? <laughs> That's not why. I, just, I read. I read the first few issues like of it, but I didn't carry on. But anyway, it's uh, due to start. Issue one is going to come out on the seventh of July, and it will carry on weekly from there. Uh, Robert Kirkman's done a lot for the comic book industry. Lots of free books here and there for comic shops where they were coming out of lockdown last year after Diamond essentially shut down the comic book market. That hasn't gone well for them. That was a bad move on their part. Um, so we're not going to talk about Diamond right now. But, yeah, so uh, I, I actually think this is going to be quite good. Like, um, I think a lot of comic book fans will be jumping all over this, especially as, you know, he does tend to create books that become hot uh, and end up on eBay uh, at ridiculous prices. So some, I'm sure there's going to be some first appearance. Well, we know there's going to be a first appearance of Clementine, but I bet you any money you throw some other things in there. So, Well, do you think that this is like the MCU effect where people are so used to these giant massive crossovers that now everybody has to do some kind of giant massive crossover? I guess it won't be a strict crossover. I don't imagine you'll see them intertwining. I think it'll be like an anthology with maybe a bit like the vein of um crossover we picked up some 
No, no, like uh, the Future State books. You know, when you pick up Future State books, yeah, yeah. and had a different, different, like had a different story. I imagine it's going to be like <laughs> this. It, it, I don't imagine you're going to have Rick Grimes and Invincible teaming up or anything. I don't think it's going to be like. That. I think it'll be separate stories. That's how I envision it. I mean, you never know. He might try and do something clever and have two of his characters meet that I haven't met before. Who knows? But um, we'll have to see. But yeah, are you, you going to pick it up, Stephen? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've actually grown to really like uh, Kirkman and and the different properties that he's associated with. So, and I'm image um, between this and the Spawnverse. I'm really curious. They seem like oh, yeah, they're yeah. interested in interested in um, taking a more active role in the comics industry. I'm, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm well, kind of told, yeah. Tom 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 McFarlane's decided he's going to grow his Spawn book from one book to to four, isn't he? So, uh-huh. um, yeah. I haven't ever read Spawn before. What yeah, about the I movie? Actually... <laughs> I, seen it. I, did, I did see the movie. I did see the movie. Well, I'm only asking because you know you haven't watched Mortal Kombat, and we're covering that next week. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. crap, man! Mortal Kombat. That's a. That's that's like on everyone's list of guilty pleasures. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm gonna try and watch uh, some of those original Mortal Kombat's before next week so I, I will uh, come back to you Oof. spoiler alert I'm already going to give Mortal Kombat 5 out of 5 I'm just saying you're, so you're going to have to you're going to have to change my mind on that one um, and Mark I will I will I will buy you any comic on well no that's a, that's too big a anyway I would be careful Steven in a reasonable a reasonable budget of, of $30 I will buy you any any comic on eBay that you want, if you will do the Mortal Kombat screen before that episode begins. <laughs> you know, Mortal Kombat is actually my ringtone on my cell phone. It has been my ringtone for the past 10 years. Every new That's phone funny. I get, I make sure that I download my old Mortal Kombat ringtone. Yeah, you're anticipating some conflicts over the phone, huh? <laughs> Just in case. You never know. You never know. I used to have the 24. Did you Did you guys watch 24? The... Um... I only ever watched the first season. Oh, they lost me at the Cougar. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I watched every episode of Twenty Four, even the Legacy (laughs) show. But anyway, in the CTU (laughs) office, they had the same ringtone, like do 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 do. Oh wait, I can't do it. But like, I used to have that as my thing for my phone for years, and everyone everyone be like, oh, Twenty Four. As opposed (laughs) to the ticking sound. No, I didn't have the ticking sound. It was the phone that they had in the office. I, I would. Ah, uh, Anyway. Anyway, anyway, so we, we've digressed from Image a lot. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to pick it up. Yeah, and um, another piece of news that Jasmine was gracious enough to allow me to talk about is uh, Castlevania Season 4. They revealed a poster, which is as good as gold um, when it comes to a, uh, committing to produce it, um, or release it at least. Uh, there's no release date yet, but I'm really excited about it because uh, if you watch Season 3, Alucard and Trevor those two groups never reconnected uh, over that season. That was one of the things I really, I really love the dynamic between those two characters. So I'm yeah. hoping that they can, uh, they can reconnect in season four. Regardless, uh, if you haven't seen the artwork, oh man, it's, it's Castlevania artwork is almost, yeah, it's always beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's something back when Konami really um, heralded that it was always beautiful and it, this is no exception. So I'm excited about it. I'm super excited because they season three ended on such a like everybody is miserable kind of note. (laughs) So I'm really wondering how they get the gang back together and like have the epic battle that is brewing. But a lot lot of characters on that poster. I'm super stoked. 
Yeah, me too. Yep. <laughs> and Alucard is back in combat. So. Yes, I know he's got a shield I, I, I will, now. I will make sure I watch it, considering I did watch all three seasons in February. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> we did. We covered all three right? seasons on this on this show too. So we're. <laughs> I, I made everyone watch it. Well, Stephen had already watched it, except for se- season three. Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't know there was a season three <laughs> until you yeah. told me. So that, that's my influence on this podcast. I make people watch the monster movies and the, <laughs> basically anime. So you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're so soft spoken. Those yeah. are your only contributions. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do something, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, the first, you know, we always cover two. The first um, project that we're or first show that we're covering is uh, Pacific Rim, The Black. Good. Loa, find the records of solo pilots. I have located 74 files. Uh, the ones who survived it. I have located three. Marshal Stacker Pentecost and Rangers Herc Hansen and Raleigh Beckett. Preference? Hansen. I must advise against ghosting raw neural data. Override. It's uh, just a continuation of that that universe that... Uh, uh, Oh man, Guillermo! It's it's written out in front of me. Say it for me, Jasmine. Guillermo del Toro. There you go, Guillermo del Toro. It's I'm trying to read it. That's what's Guillermo oh, yeah. del Toro. Anyway, um, created way back in 2008, like the same year that Iron Man came out, um, I, and left such a huge impression. It's just continued uh, into another film and then a couple of animated series on Netflix. This is the latest one. Um, it's uh, written by Greg Johnson, Craig Kyle, Paul Giapacho, uh, that I didn't say that right, and Nicole uh, Dubuck. <laughs> it was directed by uh, Hiroyuki Hiyashi um, and uh, Jae Hong Kim. So I won't go through all the starring, but it's um, for me, um, I really enjoyed this uh the art i thought was really cool and the story uh i really didn't expect it to go a lot of different ways that it did um the writing similar to the other pacific rim stuff i kind of went into it expecting it to be like honestly the movies and mm-hmm. and uh the other series no, it, it, for my money none of those were written super well if i'm being totally honest of course not yeah so <laughs> anyway generally that's kind of, you know i enjoyed it but i didn't think it was um yeah what did you guys think generally I uh, liked that it was so far into the future because yeah. it, it, like you said, you get you get the movies and the movies kind of are on the heels of each other. So there's yeah. not much time in between films to kind of get new things, get new monsters, have different sort of concepts pop up. So yeah. this series takes place far enough out into the future that uh, I think by the second or third episode, we get to this secret lab facility where they're growing kaiju yeah. hybrids in a lab so it's <laughs> it's it's really interesting because like that's i mean of course in in the films they were they had kaiju parts that they could drift with the parts but they didn't have mm-hmm. any actual living full fully enveloped and fully embodied like kaiju that they could interact with so when it got to the part where they found that uh they call him throughout the entire series the boy 
um, yeah. which which is kind of funny because yeah. that's what I call my brother. I don't call him by his name. Um, anyway, <laughs> so. <laughs> Was he, was, he, was, yeah, was he grown in a lab too? Like, he might as well have been. He might We're, we have a, a pretty big age gap between us. So like we didn't actually grow up together. Um, so it's just really funny. Like anyway, as soon as they said, oh my God, boy. And I was like, hey, that's what I call my own brother. Um, but it was just really interesting because like literally they pulled this kid out of a tank and it's like, why the hell would there be a kid in a tank? And at the very beginning yeah. of the series, they've already talked about how the whole continent of Australia has fallen. They've basically given up on Australia. They're pulling everybody back to the coast. And they're like, if you don't get to Sydney or Brisbane or Perth, like anybody in the interior of this country, like we can't help you. So get to a coast if you can. Um, yeah, that was, yeah. That was one of the things I really enjoyed about this, um, this series. I really liked seeing some of the um, civilizations and mm -hmm. that had, that they, that, had kind of been um created based on the, the kaiju threat in australia and some of the I, the mythology i thought they did kind of a cool job moving mm. that forward with um i really liked the monster designs and i missed the the previous animated series so this may have happened before but i had no idea that humans could become kaiju uh, so that was kind of a, a surprise to me yeah. um and then the i don't know i just thought some of those beats were interesting and kind of cool um and um, I, I didn't love like the relationship between the twins. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, like I said before, I didn't think the writing was awesome. I thought there were some, it, the whole, um, idea of the co-piloting thing in the Jaegers is cool. Uh, but I don't, I don't feel like they've ever really taken advantage of what you could do with that relationship. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. with twins and, um, yeah, so I the the things that really impressed me the most were the design of the monsters, the world, um, the overall animation style was beautiful, and I actually um, I thought that the directors did a good job of communicating the scale, which is which can be really difficult in animation. But um, it reminded me a little bit of growing up. There was an Ultraman anime that I saw that was just beautiful, and this reminded me of that a little bit. And um, when you're when you're dealing with Jaegers and Kaiju scale is like critical. Mm -hmm. And um, there were times when I felt like it just looked like little robots in a little city, but most of the time I felt like they did a really good job of being up at the robots eye level or down yeah. its feet doing these unique perspectives to kind of show off the, the massive scale disparity. So what I thought was pretty cool was that the Jaeger that they find that uh, Haley and uh, Taylor find is non-weaponized. Yeah. And it's kind of like, how the hell do you stick these kids <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic world and they find this machine and they're like, hell yeah, we finally got a way to get out of here. And then the machine has no weapons whatsoever. And I yeah. thought it was really mean of the AI, Loa, to be <laughs> yeah. all like, oh, yeah, he's like, fire weapons. And so she like simulates firing weapons. And she's like, yeah. I would say that they all landed, huh. except I don't have any weapons. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I, did think, I did think that was, I did think that bit was pretty cool. She's like, yeah. however, that's what I would have said. If yeah. we'd have not, <laughs> right. and, um, but I was thinking, I was thinking about that, like, because we had, just before we were recording, we were sort of talking about uh, the children and how naive they were, and mm -hmm. like, and obviously I know that annoyed you, and uh, obviously it did, it was frustrating. And I understand that it's a plot point, but again, it it was one of those things where it's like I'm so used to watching more adult entertainment that it's really hard to kind of flip that switch. And and it took me three episodes to finally get to the point where I'm like, they're kids, Jasmine, like their kids like yeah. of course they're like probably 13 and 16 or 13 i don't know they're they're very young but like 
give him give yeah. him a break. But like the whole the whole first episode, I was like, oh my god, you're a moron! Why would you do that? Why would you go there? Why would you make that much noise? So I had to I had to really kind of rein it in. But like I get it, and and there there was growth even just in the seven episodes that was this. Well, see, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So um, you you no, at least got just... to see them do some maturing. Yeah. No, I was because I was thinking like when like you as well like I sometimes I watch something and it's like um, like dramas for instance like mm-hmm. um, and it, it's always the, the common thing you always see in a drama is like I don't know a married couple and uh, I don't know an outside third party kisses one of the married couple and then the married couple one of the married couple decides to not tell their partner mm-hmm. and then three episodes later they find out and then they like cause a big drama and I'm like why would you not just tell your wife or husband <laughs> straight away? Like, like even so I was, I was sitting there watching my wife going, I would literally just get off, like ring them or when I got home say, by the way, I was at work today. The woman who I told you, uh, you know, or I kept saying you, or you kept saying was flirting with me. And I kept saying, no, nah, no, nah, they're just friendly. Well, they made a move at me. Just so I tell you now I shut it down. And then, but always in dramas, you always because it because they do this stuff to cause friction, and and then it will drive you know another two or three episodes or whatever. Yeah. So it's the same thing with this. Like if if on the episode one, you know, the Twitter, the two, the brother and the sister were like badass, could go in there, retrofit a gun to the guy uh, to the uh, <laughs> you know, to the arm, yeah, whatever. Recalibrate you know, the missile they, guidance yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> if they jumped on and they straight away knew how to uh, pilot the thing, you know. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff. Then we'd be like, "Oh, okay. Well, we don't need we don't need four seasons of this show because like, yeah. we, we're, are they going to get out of Australia by the end of the first episode?" So but I guess I think that, in my head, I, seven episodes and and they're only twenty minutes each. Like, it's not enough time to tell a, a really big story. But like, when when Haley finally found the kite, uh, the the Jaeger, she had the opportunity to listen to the training programs and she chose not to. And I'm like. You could have at least pretended, like you could have let them play. Oh, Even yeah, but- if you were like doing other things, but like to skip through all of them and then think to yourself, like, "Fuck it, I know how to drive this thing," and I'm just like, "How do you know I, how to I drive this do- thing?" Look, yeah, look, exactly. I'm yeah. forty this year. I'm forty this year. I would skip too. <laughs> I, I, I would never. I would never. I would never have told anybody that I found the Jaeger. I would have gone back every freaking day, and I would have gone through all forty lessons, and then I would have been like. I got this. I'm a bad bitch. I'm gonna oh, run this thing, and we're gonna get oh, the hell out of here. And then I would have fucked everything up. Like that's me- that's the progression that I would have done. <laughs> men don't do men don't do instructions. I, I would have gone. I would have gone next, 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 and I would I would have jumped on that pilot as she was doing it. I was like, I didn't care that she's like 16 or whatever. I was like, I would have done the same thing too. <laughs> I would have. Well, I just like. Would you have done? Would you have gone next, or would you have watched training, Stephen? Honestly, I have a healthy respect for heights. And large quanti- <laughs> large quantities of metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been in uh, enough car accidents to, to have a healthy healthy fear of colliding and oh, giant metal contraptions. Oh. Oh, <laughs> See, yeah, well. Stephen, Stephen would at least pretend to listen to the instructions. <laughs> but also, um, let it be known, I am a wimp, Mark. So <laughs> whatever uh, condolence that is. <laughs> uh, Anyway, so but but also, if you think about the the fact that the um, the the Jaeger comes with no weapons, mm-hmm. they obviously had uh, an idea that they were going to evolve their Jaeger by and and they they do they get a really badass arm with a claw thing and chain uh, with that, it that and is all that. gifted to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, gifted to them by by this mech 
uh, Jaeger, which it's a, um, it's a bio, like, yeah, it's like bio Ka- Ka- something. It's like a kaiju. It's like a kaiju Jaeger. Kaiju Jaeger hybrid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, which again was pretty cool, and it was done a lot better than what we saw last week. Kong versus Godzilla with their weird oh, the mecha Godzilla? thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like that. So, um, but anyway, I, I I really enjoyed the whole thing. To be honest, I I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it. I loved the artwork, the the style, the three D anime. I loved all of that. Um, I lo- like you know what you said though about the bad guys. I I loved. Is it? Uh, it was a sh- Shane, isn't it? The yes. the, um, the yeah. yeah. Guy, so yeah. The, so they come across these off, off sort of Australian sort of gang run by this guy Shane, who clearly is a, a massive um, uh, going to be a massive pain in their ass going forward. Although they, he tries to steal their Jaeger, the kids obviously get the Jaeger back and this is where like when because that guy is going to kill the kids mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't doesn't go very well for them because they bond with uh the lady who works with Shane uh, May. Is, it, is it May May yeah. yeah so May May like they were going to kill the guy and the May's like no, no 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 she gets the gun and then she blows his like head off they don't show it on the screen but like so I was a bit like, okay, how far are they going to go with this? Because it's only a twelve. Yeah. Um, but they didn't show it. But you know, he, you know, he yes. got capped. He and, was uh... very dead. <laughs> no, but um... I, I think I really liked. I I liked when they finally brought the villains in because it it gave the kids something to rally against, but it also gave them a very very fast crash crash course in like. Uh, I guess like streetwise abilities and and that kind of thing. Like it, it kind of sped up their progression as to how they would then move through this post-apocalyptic world without their family. Um, yeah. So it it was good when they finally brought in the villain, and I love that they made him bad. Like he was an awful, awful, awful guy. Like yeah, he he had well, I, like he just the the way that he rigged that radio. That scene in, I think that was episode five or six, that scene really got me. Like, oh, I, that, yeah, because like, yeah, he, he had this uh, sort of kaiju, uh, not kaiju, uh, Jaeger um, engineer that worked for him. And uh, he fried his brain because he was trying to pilot or he was trying to learn to drift with all of these henchmen who were basically dumb as rocks. And so like it didn't work and he fried the engineer's brain. So this guy, it looked like he had a stroke. He's like half of his face is not moving anymore. He he abuses his staff. He stole May from her own family. I mean, like the awful just keeps piling up with with this Shane character. And to watch that play out as the season went on, that was it was it was gratifying that they finally got away. But at the same time, like it really pissed me off that May stopped them from stepping on him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish she would have just let them squish him. Yeah. I, no, you know, the character of May you mentioned though, like I think there's, there's a little bit of character evolution for her. Cause she obviously works for Shane. Mm-hmm. She decides in the end to, to go with uh, the, the kids and um, does take the engineer who obviously unfortunately dies moments after he's left. Yeah. But you can see May has got this, horrible backstory which she doesn't even fully know her own backstory mm-hmm. there's a little bit alluded to in this uh show uh so this season but i think as we go on we're going to get to find out more about her background as well yeah because uh, it doesn't seem like shane is dead so he's going to be hell-bent on revenge when he catches up with them 
<laughs> but also now they seem to have brought May into the fold because she was like resisting them and didn't want to go with the kids and didn't want to do that kind of thing. And then they had that really sweet moment in her family's old restaurant where they kind of like the, the boy kicks on the jukebox and they start dancing. And it was just it was really sweet. And it was it was nice to see that there's they're trying their best to build something like build some kind of connection just the four of them um and then of course you know shit hit the fan i actually know just before we move on I, that, that little moment there where they're sitting down having some hot chocolate and mm-hmm. um which i was a bit like was it milk was there hot water like, but anyway i thought maybe i should just ignore that bit hot water uh, mark yeah yeah, yeah hot water. <laughs> but yeah, hot water. Eggers yeah. like, can't be uh, choosers, okay? Like, yeah. Hot water no, 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 no. Like, requires hot water. Yeah. No, I was like, no, I was like, where did they get? It? I was just thinking, where did they get that from? Considering civilization has <laughs> been gone, gone quite well. But I thought, ignore that plot point. Yeah. I thought I liked the hot chocolate moment, and I liked the fact that they got music on the jukebox again. Yeah. The power, I'm assuming, the power has just been left running. Well, she said um, that part of the city never lost power. Oh, okay. So they they explain that away in a, in a throwaway line. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course it did. All right, anyway. So, <laughs> but but like, but anyway, I I like the fact that they all got up and started dancing, and uh, yeah. you know, and I thought it was quite a nice little moment. And um, so, and then you you know though that that nice little moment was the calm before it all went nuts, and yeah. and Copperhead showed up, yeah. and um, and uh, they, then none of them are in yeah. the Jaeger. They've got to get back in their Jaeger because uh-huh. uh, yeah, and that's when which I think was clearly signposted from the very moment he was introduced. Yes. Boy, boy becomes a kaiju. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. A little kaiju, really. Not a big one, but he becomes a little kaiju and uh, gives them a, a moment. a powerful one. Because oh, yeah, he was yeah, powerful yeah. enough awesome before he even one. hit kaiju mode when he stopped that bio mm, hybrid thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's the thing, too. I, I, I thought that the threats were um, pretty great. Yeah. Um, and especially like, you know, the naive, the naive twins, um, <clears throat> as irritating as they could be, the, um, but they were only really irritating at the very beginning when, when like everything yeah. was happening by, by the time they got into the flow and after they had gotten captured, they, yeah. they definitely kind of got their shit together and, and well, very and quickly, they, which I appreciated. Well, and them being, them having that, that brother sister relationship, it was a cool contrast mm-hmm. against like the, the scary bad guys because yeah. Copperhead is, by himself would have been enough. Right. That would have been, been a good throwing... villain all alone. And then you had Shane yeah. on top of that, which, which is why I say all the time, I say this all the time. If you have a good villain, a good villain can pull a show back from being a terrible show. And I think yeah. that the bad guys in this show, the, both Copperhead and Shane really really Mm -hmm. really brought this show up a level because the bad guys were so good yeah well and uh the boy when he when he changes into that blue white Mm -hmm. kaiju thing is that design is really cool yeah he almost looks like steppenwolf (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he does actually he did he had a head shaped like steppenwolf yeah well a lot of kaiju (laughs) kind of do (laughs) (laughs) We, um, we see what you did there, Zack Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, I think I, I, I overall I enjoyed the whole show, and I'd I'd be keen to carry on watching it. I enjoyed the world building, and mm-hmm. I like the fact that it was set. Well, I like the fact that it was set in Australia. It don't really see much. Uh, yeah, you hardly ever way, do. Sci-fi, sci-fi, let alone anything uh, set in Australia, unless it's Australian made. Um, to be honest, yeah, Australia is somewhere that gets a little bit left out. I think Mission Impossible 2 was set in Australia, but I can't 
nothing else is really jumping out at me that you know and that's the trouble isn't it like so they film a lot um, of stuff in australia but australia doesn't get too much credit no no, no that's true <laughs> yeah. yeah like so well yeah they don't they don't state that you know the yeah. the marvel invasion or whatever it was that was yeah. filmed there was made in australia <laughs> but uh, there's a few shows i've watched like i watched um a show recently thailand's which was on netflix it got cancelled after one season but th- there is some good stuff in australia but yeah there's not that much that's uh sort of i guess set in australia which mm-hmm. is i guess especially something like pacific rim followed two big american blockbuster movies and then they've yeah. decided to pick australia which i thought was a cool location um, well i think you get sick so... of seeing the same cities get destroyed over and over and over again right like how many times oh, yeah. can they destroy new york or tokyo like oh yeah yeah come on yeah. there's a whole world for you to explore so I, yeah. I I would love for this to get a second season. Um, there's so many hanging threads. They found their parents Jaeger because their parents left them and those other kids at this little spot. It was a an oasis, and they were like, "We're gonna be back two weeks tops." Well, they never came back. Five years later, the kids finally leave. So it's like they haven't seen their parents in five years. They find their parents Jaeger. They find this old message. So yeah. are their parents still alive? Did they make it to sit? Like, there's so much going on. Do whatever. What's going to happen with the boy? Like, can the boy change back into his human form? Like, now that he has turned kaiju, <laughs> like, what what is happening next? Like, I, I, it really pulled me in. And by by the last episode, I was like, dang it. By the second episode, I was ready to just write this show off. And now here I am at the end, and I'm like, ah, oh, I need a second. I definitely, season. I would definitely would say the last episode. Well, I didn't realize it was seven episodes. I thought it was eight for some reason. So when it ended, I was like. I was like, oh, where's episode eight? I was like, no, don't tell me that's. <laughs> I was like, don't tell me yeah. that's how you're leaving us. Yes, like, they. So, I so, mean, they leave you completely hanging. Nothing is wrapped up at the end of this. The only thing that's wrapped so, up is Copperhead is dead. Yeah. That's yeah. It. <laughs> so, so with the with the boy being um, the boy is sort of stuck as uh, the kaiju, but um, what's her name? The girl, uh, Haley. Haley. Haley is obviously like sort of trying to talk to him and calm him down and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of zooms up to the top of a cliff with these weird, like, monk people, like, looking the down. sisters. Yeah, yeah. So they're, like, looking down, going, we find, found, like, the kaiju whisperer or whatever. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and, and I was like, yeah. okay, and that's it. And then it's a sudden the end. And I was yeah. like, oh, like, yeah. I don't know. I wrote, so I enjoyed it. I would yeah. love to see mm-hmm. a second season. It's and... it's a slow start, but it really, really picks up. And once it does, it never slows down. So it, it picks mm-hmm. up about yeah. episode three and then it just running full speed until the end. So yeah. we, we loved yeah, it. I do, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you that. The first couple of episodes slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from the moment they introduced Shane and his people, yep. it was all, all sort of guns blazing, really. It was, yeah. I wouldn't, I would say the age is appropriate of 12. So yeah, there's nothing too bad. And the only really, really, like gory death that you see are the few kaiju that they do kill so mm-hmm. um yeah. and i also appreciated that they brought in new sort of kaiju like those dogs the kaiju dogs. Yeah, yeah. that was a really <laughs> really neat kind of touch to yeah. throw in I there th- as opposed to everything has to be on this massive massive scale well yeah now because like if it's a big enough kaiju you might be able to like hide behind a building and avoid it but you can't outrun yeah. these dogs like they're, oh, yeah. they're on I did your love level. Those dog- yeah, I did love those yeah. like dog kaiju. Yeah. They were very like... scary. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I like best about the show overall is it, mm-hmm. it kind of extended the mythology beyond just giant yes. robots and monsters, but yeah. it didn't it didn't get rid of that. You know what I mean? That's yeah. if it's specific room, you have to have that, but you also have this ground level stuff going on. Yeah, but I, I think it's, I it's good again that they didn't have the weapons because then then mm-hmm. you're you're giving these kids an advantage that that's too much power for them to have when they don't even know how to 
navigate this world in the first place. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they make it to the coast uh, and they find other, you know, hotspots or other people, then then we can talk weapons and actual big, big scale massive fights. But I really like yeah. that they kind of kept it simple. And it was basically instead of fighting, most of the series was kind of hit them a couple mm-hmm. of times and run like hell. Like, let's just yeah. get the hell out of here and, <laughs> and live to fight another day, you know. So uh, we rated this 3.5 out of 5. And um, yeah, it sounds like we all enjoyed it and we're looking forward to the second season. Yes. <laughs> all right. So our second episode this week is... What was everybody, what was everybody doing? Huh? What was it? Like oh my fu? God, they were kung fu fighting. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you're, so pr- you're so proud of yourself, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you yelled that and I was like, what is... What, everybody who what are they doing i, I have no idea i was like well I, I was trying to get away from my loud kids and i see everybody was kung fu fighting okay <laughs> now that we have established that i cannot put that sound clip in there because youtube is going to ding us <laughs> so there, there will be no music uh but so well, kung- you sing it you sing it go on no <laughs> nice nice try <laughs> but, but this bottle of water is not enough to get me to be karaoke and on the podcast <laughs> um so kung fu on the cw when you came back i told him not to get his hopes up but he just can't help it with you mama i'm trying my best i know i left you but i came back you may be back but do you really want to be here? I think you just had nowhere else to go. Now, before we get any further, this is not a reboot. They were very clear about that. All of the producers, all of the developers were like, it's not a reboot. This series is a reimagining of the 1972 series. Um, so, again, reimagining of the 72 series, which was created by Ed Spielman. This series is developed by Christina Kim. It stars Olivia Liang, Ken Hua Tan, Eddie Liu, Shannon Dang, John Prasia, Gavin Stenhouse, Vanessa Kai, Tony Chung, and C. Mai. Um, Ed Spielman, uh, the original creator, is also an executive producer, along with CW Stalwarts and Arrowverse creator uh, Greg Berlanti, uh, Martin Garrow, also uh, Robert Behrens, and Sarah Schechter are all executive producing on the show. Um, I, I, I went into the show wanting to not like it, not because of the content, but because I don't always trust CW when it comes to diversified groups and them handling it well. Uh, now that's, that's probably unfair of me, but they, you know, it's a track record. So, like, uh, you know, so I went into this yeah. very, very cautiously optimistic, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I thought right off the bat, there were there were some very small details that jumped out at me that really kind of felt like those little things made this show more authentic. So, um, it is about a Chinese family. Um, the parents immigrated from China, but the kids are. They were born here, so it's they're American Chinese. Um, one of the first things that caught my eye is when 
the main character, Nikki, when she comes home for the first time, her parents are talking to her and they're like, oh my God, or her dad's talking to her. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're back. Yada, yada, yada. He's dragging her in the house and she is struggling to hurry up and get her shoes off before she gets past the doorway because that's what you do. You don't wear shoes in the house in Chinese families. Um, so I thought just small details like that and the way that the all of the wedding things are happening, the pre-wedding and the, the presents and the gifts and the way that they talk about cooking and how they, they own a Chinese restaurant. I mean, it's just, it felt familiar in the sense that this is, this is the kind of things that I would expect if you're doing something that's, if I walked into my best friend, she's Chinese. If I walked into my best friend's house, like this is exactly how I would behave walking into her house. Um, so I, I really appreciated that. I, I like that the sort of showrunner and developer is an Asian woman because um, I feel like having that authentic perspective takes away from the fetish aspect of a lot of that a lot of these shows take on. Um, so I just appreciate the detailing that they sort of put into all of the background and not just getting an Asian cast to do this series, but also having Asian voices in the background kind of guiding and making sure that things are, you know, above board. So I was, I was very excited about all that. And I really, um, I'm, I'm kind of excited. The triad storyline. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of hoped that there would be something better for them to work with, but I can see how they're just kind of using it as a, as a plot point, but basically like, I don't really want, I don't want to follow along with, with the triads, but I do like, uh, we talked about this before we started recording that there is a mystical element with this, um, where Nikki had left home. She was feeling kind of suffocated by her parents' expectations. She left home. She went to China, but the trip to China was actually a front because her mom was actually trying to set her up with the husband <laughs> because she needed her daughter to marry a good Chinese boy. And uh, <laughs> Nikki did not appreciate that. So she literally ran away from her group um, in China, stumbled upon this mon uh, monastery and just kind of fell in with them and, and decided that she was going to stay. So she basically just upended her entire life. She was at Harvard. She was a pre-law student. Um, stayed in China for three years. They're kind of nondescript about where in China. It's someplace very rural um, would be my guess. It's an all female monastery, but you know, she learns the Shaolin way. Um, and then after being there for three years, tragedy strikes, the monastery is attacked and her mentor is killed. So now she gets sucked into this world that she didn't know existed where the person who killed her mentor took a sword and her mentor with her dying breath was like, don't help me go get the sword. And she's like, Nikki is like, uh, you're dying. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just get the sword back. So now she's thrust into this kind of, you have to get the sword back. These people can't have it, yada, yada, yada. So that's when the mystery and the intrigue kind of starts. But what I also liked is that they actually spoke in Mandarin at the beginning of the episode. And there's a lot of Mandarin in subtitles um, <clears throat> at the beginning, but I wanted more of that. Because it would be like she Nikki would be having a conversation with her mentor in the monastery. They would each have one sentence in Mandarin and one response in Mandarin. And then they would switch to English. And I'm like, why would they do that? <laughs> like, no, they wouldn't. Why, why couldn't all of the scenes where they're in China or in the monastery, why couldn't they just be speaking 
in their native tongue as opposed to switching back and forth to English. Like I just, I thought that was weird. Um, but it was still, it was still cool to, to see that. Um, so after that, she comes back, she's all banged up and now she's got, uh, she's going to find the murderer of her mentor and try to get that sword back. So then of course the story opens up and now it's like, Oh, there's this legend and there are these eight, magical weapons and if anybody ever create uh, collects all eight of these magical weapons at once they'll be the most powerful being on earth yada 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 um so uh, i i think that's a really big story to tell but if they're actually planning for this series to have any kind of legs then that's a much yeah. better story to tell than a triad story so yeah. um <laughs> i'm i'm excited to see where that goes because the the mystical element of it is to me where where it's going to be more interesting and it gives you more leeway like as a creator to kind of make up the story as you go along versus oh it's gangsters with guns and then they're shaking down people and this kind of thing it's like every i mean every show has that so like do something different i also love that they have a female lead instead of it's the wayward son or the prodigal son returns so you know you're telling a a different twist on on that story that everybody is really familiar with so i i don't i don't know i mean i loved it I loved it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Man. What about you? What about you, Stephen? Yeah. Honestly, um, I really enjoyed it. I. It's funny with this shows like this and Walker, where it's such a reimagining. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why they even use the same title IP. Yeah, because it's not. It's completely different. Right. And actually, if it were if it were my decision, <clears throat> I would have abandoned Kung Fu. For a couple of reasons. One is yeah. it's an oversimplification of the concept, especially mm-hmm. this new concept. Second, it's it's it carries on a legacy that they're trying to counter, actually, right. because like the <clears throat> David Carradine version, it's you know it's very similar. And honestly, different people feel different ways about Iron Fist, but like that's it's to me it's a similar thing that I don't like about both. There's this incredibly rich, dense culture um, <clears throat> in China and the Asian, Asian uh, cultures in general that is just kind of um, oftentimes it seems like a, a white guy is a foreigner coming in and discovering it is the way they want to play it out. It's and almost I, like a Chris Columbus tale being told over and over and over again. Like you, yeah. didn't, you didn't discover anything. You tripped and you went the wrong way and then you wound up in the wrong place. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's to me, like um, while I, the, the one criticism that I'll put on this, version of kung fu um and then i'll get into what i loved about it is i feel like it almost did the reverse by taking by starting off in this in the the monastery and focusing so much on this total immersion into that and then bringing it into san francisco yeah uh it's like you said jasmine you're almost like it all it's like man that kind of sucks um you know how cool would it be to have uh, a whole even if it's a whole few episodes in that environment before you go anywhere else and, uh, you know, it, I know expense has to be the number one reason for it. But anyway, it's just it hurt going back to somewhere so familiar, you know. But my, um, my, my issue with that is, too, like since it's a CW, CW has a bad habit of relying on flashbacks entirely too much. And yeah. <laughs> the latter seasons, of, well, the, or the earlier seasons, I'm sorry, of Arrow were proof of that. Like the entire third season of arrow it was just like oh my god are we back on the island like is this a dream like i don't know what we're doing and i don't want this show to wind up that way to the point where it's like 
Are we? Are we wait. Are we in China? Oh, okay. So this is the, the word. So we're flat. We got thirty minutes of flashback in an hour long episode. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. why? Why couldn't you just have taken your time, gotten that story out of the way, and then have hints of what to expect in the future, and then just yeah. be done with it, as opposed to flipping back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Because I really like the way that they kind of introduce her mentor, like after she's died, as she like pops up as like her conscious, like so she's walking down the street, she stops and she's looking at the yeah. river and she's kind of, and then she sees her mentor next to her. I love that. Like, I, I love that element of it because it's clearly a figment of her imagination, but that's a really good way to bring the past into the present, as opposed to taking the audience completely from, from one spot and then throwing us back in time to something that happened and then jumping us forward again. And it's just like, let the audience be, be, you know, I mean, trust that the audience is smart enough to fill in the gaps versus you having to physically just pick it up. And now we're in China. Okay. Well, we're done with China and now we're back in San Francisco. Yeah. I would have much preferred, um, I don't know, even three or four episodes of like, say, you know, the main character, even leaving the family, ending up at the monastery maybe spending two or three episodes we go through the training maybe they just didn't think um that the fan base or audience would be interested in that Mm -hmm. um but make it like you know make the make the training and the fighting a lot more i don't know brutal maybe maybe put this on at 9 p.m or even 10 p.m slot or whatever you know um maybe even introduce the element of this bad guy rival what there's rivalry out there etc mm-hmm. you know and have the build up to it maybe they maybe they come across maybe a minor soldier before the big attack happens over the first three or four episodes um and maybe over the say i don't know if they did it the first four episodes you could show those three years over those four episodes they could just sort of time jump a little bit because you're not going to need to see every day and day yeah. out because that would be boring to see every single day um and also that would give me one of my big complaints is okay she disappeared for three years and what she's come back like a kung fu master so i i can't <laughs> appre- i can't like appreciate that enough because yeah. I haven't seen that. Like, yeah, you like, haven't seen the struggle. struggle, right? Yeah, and she and yeah, okay, we've got the flashbacks, but those flashbacks are quite minor, and and I, I don't know, I'm not really, you know, like like you say, I, I'm not that bothered about doing these flashbacks. And when the flashbacks happen, I know we've only watched two episodes, but I haven't really cared about them enough. Mm-hmm. Um, those flashbacks, I would much rather we'd have maybe even if they released a double episode and just did like a sort of almost like a two hour yeah intro a bit i know do you know what like, I, I can't i have to say it. it when i watched it i couldn't help but think about firepower a little bit like, yeah. Um, uh, yeah and F- firepower handled this like so if, if people don't know firepower was a graphic novel by robert kirtman uh he released all in one go a graphic novel which just showed the main character's journey uh you know to a monastery and became trained uh basically you know as a fighter and then something happens very similar to this uh, and then he returns home mm-hmm. and then but then we jump forward like sort of 10 years, years him living sorry okay 15 years him living a normal life and then he's he's drawn back into the struggle and this mm-hmm. is kind of very similar to that um i'm not so you know and to be honest you know whether or not they read this and did their own thing or not who knows but you know again people were saying that fire firepower is very similar to um avatar the last airbender and uh and you know even um even iron fist so you know there's no never an original idea yeah but i thought i thought that firepower handled it very well you know they gave us a graphic novel that just covered 
the whole time um, during the training and yeah. kind of, you know, like you just said, get the training out of the way. Uh, and I, I, I would have gotten a lot much more on board with, you know, CW dropping a two hour movie um, and then then weekly after that. Um, I, I think, you know, it's great that they've got pretty much a 95% Asian cast mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and they're not afraid to even lean on the fact that they're Chinese, you know, with their Chinese board games, you know, mm-hmm. Chinatown, you know, the Chinese restaurants, you know, and a lot of the, the sort of Chinese ways. I think it's great that we're having a show like this in this day and age. Um, but I just felt there's a lot of cheese in here. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, in the first episode, one of the side characters, you know, she's suddenly hacking people's bank accounts. And I was like, I was like, oh, God, really? <laughs> like, I just, I just, I was sort of massive eyeball rolling when that happened. I was just like, one, you just made it way too easy for the, for these characters to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, you know, they're trying to take down a gang and they take down an entire gang in one episode. I mean, that could have been the first season. Like, that could have been... That could have been a big juicy storyline taking mm-hmm. down like like you know, <laughs> and uh, and then the next episode we're we're taking down some some guy who like sort of beats his wife or whatever. Like and um, yeah, and, oh, I thought, okay, I can see what we're doing here. We're going to have episodic villain, kung fu, a little bit of kung fu here and there, and then we're going to have maybe two or three minutes every episode leading to the lady who took the sword. Like and then in the final episode something will happen whatever and then we'll probably hear that the cw cancels it so i, I hope not well, <laughs> oh i don't know cw i mean how, yeah. uh, how many seasons of supernatural and i mean beauty and the beast got four seasons so. oh four rain, seasons. Yeah, rain. how many seasons did rain get that was yeah. a horrible show four, yeah. four seasons four seasons yeah, yeah. come on yeah, like, like, come on yeah uh, so, I mean, I mean, the CW Maybe never does off. one and done. It'll at least get two, and then we'll see. Yeah, how, must, we'll see how it goes from there. They must cancel oh, Val, 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 shows Val, Val, via Val Yeah, <laughs> it just takes people a while. They're like, "Oh, we yeah. made six seasons. What do you mean we got canceled three years ago?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I will say um, two things. I really like, <clears throat> um, at least like the idea of like I like the idea of the the mystical elements. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like the idea of the sword, and I I like the rivalry. Um, Zeman that felt very like um classic kind of yes I don't know it just I I enjoy the ideas of that depending on how they kind of flesh it out um yeah and uh I also liked the the family relationship it was a little bit it's a little bit cliched that mm-hmm. when you go away and you come back there's all this tension but yeah I like I really liked the <clears throat> the almost like hallucination she had where everything was copacetic yeah. Um, kind of contrasted against like all the anxiety that she, you know, yeah. I mean, that it was causing before. I don't know. I, I think there are some high points and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to see how they develop it. Yeah. I thought it was surprisingly relatable, not necessarily like going to another country for three years and then coming back home. But I really feel like <laughs> there is a period of time when, you know, you're in your early twenties, you're in school, you haven't quite graduated from college yet, but at the same time, like you're having that kind of like, holy shit, I have no idea what I want to do with my life kind of moment. And I think the way that they kind of play on Nikki's feelings about that, like her parents forcing her to do, well, not necessarily parent, mostly her mother, forcing her into sort of this specific path that her mother has laid out. Um, So I kind of appreciate that they give Nikki the room to be like, you know what? I don't want to walk your path. 
even though I have no idea what my path is, like, I got to do something to figure it out. So sure, she makes some silly, well, you know, I up and leaving and never coming back. Like, I think that's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit wild, but like, she's trying, like, and you can see she's trying to work her shit out. She's, yeah. she's not necessarily keeping everything close to her chest. Like she opens up to her sister, but like, you know, she, and she talks to uh, the guy that she meets who works at the university. He's a TA, but like, she's trying as opposed to she's come back home and she's just angry or she's still resentful or has that, that kind mm-hmm. of like emotion running through her. So yeah. I appreciate that we're not going that route. It's not like, it's not necessarily revenge. Like sure. She wants to find the person that killed her mentor, but she's not like, I'm going to get her at all costs. Yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I like the balance that they've struck so far with she has her own life and she, she is trying to figure out how to live that life. So um, yeah. I think I think that's pretty cool. Although I do agree that some of the characters are kind of uh, stereotypical, which which sucks a little bit. But I guess like if their, their background, like we could always do background characters better. Um, yeah. But I I, <laughs> I I am still looking forward to the show. Uh, one uh, pet peeve. It's it's my pet peeve. It's my fault, really, because I watch way too much shit on the CW. But like I am so over all of this Vancouver scenery. It, it everywhere yeah. they go, I'm like. <laughs> Oh, that's from episode such and such of Arrow where Thea moves out and gets her own place. And then that dude breaks in and it's just like, oh, my God, I can't I cannot watch the show without bringing in other CW shows because they just, you know, reuse the same locations over and over again. Um, anyway, uh, also pet peeve when they went to Singapore and homegirl was wearing a fur coat. No, ma'am, you, you would die. Like, you would be dead in Singapore wearing a fur coat. It is humid. It is the most humid place I have ever been in my yeah. entire life. And I live near a swamp. Oh, man. Well, about, so before we, before we uh, wrap up this, what do you guys think of the actual like Kung Fu in the show? Like the actual fighting? B minus. Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, it's okay. Yeah, it, it was some of the better on TV, but it's like Iron Fist. When I watched Iron Fist, I was expecting like awesome fight scenes you know what i mean like if that's what your show's about then you really gotta you really gotta daredevil it up yeah i wish they had put more of their budget into that because when you look at shows like warrior which used to be cinemax got picked up by hbo getting a third season by the way phenomenal show warrior fantastic 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 fight choreography into the badlands amazing yeah uh fight choreography um even banshee when banshee was still on the air banshee had oh, yeah, banshee wild saying, yeah. wild fight choreography yeah but again and like vicious. gangs of london gangs yeah of london. gangs of Look london is yeah. fantastic oh my god <laughs> but it's like i i get it like you guys don't have that kind of budget but like i if as this show progresses i hope that as nikki gets better uh with her martial arts which i'm assuming she will hopefully that's reflected in the fight choreography because right now it's very just kind of mediocre in my opinion yeah it's not horrible I, uh but it is it's not great i yeah. enjoyed watching the fight scenes when they happened when the fight scenes happened i was like oh cool but they lasted they were so quick they were like you know we've got like a yeah. 43 minute episode plus adverts mm-hmm. and of the 43 minute episode we've got four minutes of kung fu <laughs> um and we've got then i don't know 38 minutes of gossip girl like so <laughs> like so um so, uh, i like gossip girl no offense it's just this this, this 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 is this is you know uh it's like yeah probably the best way to describe it is like gossip girl goes to goes to the dojo like i don't know it's probably the best like, yeah 
XO, XO. You should write log lines. I didn't enjoy the show as much as you two. I know you two loved it a lot more than I did. I was, I probably was more disappointed by it. I, I wanted more from this. Like, I love the mystical part. Don't get it wrong. I love the, I love the fact that they're actually for once, you know, 21st century, we're leaning into a, a 95% Asian show. Um, but I could have done with them cutting loads of those extra characters. I don't need all of these extra characters. You know, I don't care about the brother and the sister, to be honest. Um, like, I mean, maybe they might come into their own. I don't care about the ex-boyfriend. Maybe have him in the first episode just to show that's what she left. I don't need him to be an ongoing character. I don't care. I don't want a love triangle because that's where they're going with this. I'm not yeah. interested. I, I, I want to see them lean into the, the, the Chinese world that she's from. But I also want to see the ongoing storyline and I want to actually see, I don't know, just more, more Kung Fu, more mystical stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm not, I, why can't we have a, why can't we have a lead that's not bothered about love? Like, you know, what, because it's the cw mark yeah why don't they just yeah but why don't they be brave (laughs) like why don't the cw be brave and like (laughs) is is there a show on the cw that doesn't revolve around some kind of relationship the 100 did they have relationship drama they did they did they did they did have relationships but the 100 was not about a love interest like so um oh I've gone blank on her name now. The uh, uh, Clark, Clark, the main girl from one the one hundred. Yeah. Yes, yes. She actually, to be honest with you, she she. I think she had sex with like one or two boys in the first two or three seasons, and then she had a brief relationship with a girl. And it wasn't like made a big deal about that she was like bisexual at all. It was, but Clark's main drive was the bigger picture it was to save her people that was it there was no the love interest was always second her and that's to be honest with the cw that was the main thing that was pretty cool and also supernatural they didn't have relationships like they you know what's it <laughs> well uh, when they did it killed them <laughs> when they did they, when, they, when, they, when they did they lasted like one night or something you know like, like so <laughs> oh wait yeah, no yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Sam was the more serious. Dean was the one night stand guy. Like you know, um, so but no, I, I don't know. Just uh, uh, look, I'll watch a little bit more. Yeah. I'll see where it goes. But I'm, I'm well. CW, honestly, especially since Arrow, there's just a there's just a formula, and yes. it's just the way they do things. And you either love it or you hate it. And mm-hmm. I. Well, I guess. I, yeah, I, I actually would but... agree with that. I think it's gotten worse since the Arrowverse kind of blew up yeah. into this big, massive, like, oh, we do crossovers and multiverse and yada, yeah. yada, yada. Well, isn't this, isn't this Greg Berlanti, too? Yes, it, yes, it is. He's a notorious kind of formula guy. Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, they do a good job with it because they establish all of these th- strands up mm-hmm. front and then they, they develop them when one gets dull, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, it's, so, it's nice to have, have something familiar. Because I think, like you said, the the format and the formula are familiar, but I hope it doesn't get too formulaic and too like familiar to the point where it's like, this is just like, you know, this is just like that season of Arrow when, when Thea goes off and goes nuts and then decides to come back and like, I don't want that. Like, I'm, I'm fine if my only complaint is, oh, I recognize this place. 
but like, mm-hmm. I, I hope they continue to kind of work on the character development and, and not focus so much on, you know, first we do this and then we do this and then we do this. Okay. So we will wrap up our Kung Fu chat and, um, of the three of us, two of us loved it more than, uh, than, 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 than me. Uh, so this week's rating is mainly driven by those two, which is four out of five. But just for reference, on IMDb, on, on IMDb it's 4.6 out of 10. Just thought I'd put that out there. So, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, we move on to a part of the show where we all recommend something that we've done or, or loved normally within the last five days, which wasn't part of our review. I read a bunch of last week's comics because I'm behind, uh, mainly because of Easter bank holiday comics coming to the country later. And I <clears> tend <throat> to get my comics shipped to me. So I only got them a couple of days ago. Batman 107 from last week by James Tinian. Your favorite Batman writer. Oh yeah. Honestly, do you know what though like so i read um i, I was also behind on uh, superman uh, bendis honestly i love bendis but they should never have put him on superman um but anyway since uh, yeah. uh, uh what's it so philip, philip um, kennedy yeah philip kennedy's come on board i read his first two issues it was a very gentle um two issues it was nothing over the top whatever my main criticism about it, though, was the the two backups in Action Comics and Superman were just uninteresting to me. Like Midnighter, I, I know who he is, you know, he's a, a Wildstorm character, but I'm not I had no interest in the character. And then the other backup was some random dude from Metropolis, and they actually called the backup Tales of Metropolis. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because in Batman, the main story here is probably one of the best Scarecrow stories I've read in a long time. But the backup was Ghostmaker. So what? So my criticism with the Metropolis and Superman, sorry, the Superman Action Comics one was, you get this backup story for two characters who no one gives a shit about, and it's got nothing to do with Superman, or or drives the Superman story further <laughs> forward. But like here in Batman, they because they they're doing this whole thing now uh, on all their big books where they're putting in um, uh, backup stories. Uh, it's another reason to charge another dollar on the front cover. So. But their backup in Batman is Ghostmaker. So Ghostmaker is basically Batman's new, I wouldn't call sidekick. They've become like partners. And But the backup here is Ghostmaker going off and kicking ass and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, and actually he's like pretty much like another Batman, but he, he's got a bit more humor about it. So he's like, so as he's sort of jumping onto this island, taking out these bad guys, uh, she said that he's got this AI in his thing, in his um, in his ship or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, uh, I haven't got hundred percent data, or whatever, of what's down there." And he's like, "Oh, brilliant!" He goes, "It's no fun when there aren't surprises." Like and um, like lands on the on lands on the island like with knowing like ninety percent of what's going on down there, but actually glad that he doesn't know. And what I thought was, you know, James Tinian also wrote the backup as well, so it's cohesive um so yeah no i i definitely recommend it the scarecrow story is so so good and the Ghostmaker backup actually was a really good backup it wasn't a pointless backup so i mean if that superman action comics carries on the way it is i'm just not even going to bother reading the backups and um but yeah. the backups in batman really really well done so that's my week's recommendation so what is what is the price because the last time when we were doing future state like some of those books were eight bucks no, no, it's four ninety nine dollars. 
Um, so I mean, uh, it's like three pounds something over here for me. So well, normally normal price is uh, for I think actually for most of the DC books, it's it is four ninety nine. Just as big, and some of them are three ninety nine. Yeah. 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 Well, since they added the backups, they've yeah bumped the price. Put the price. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I I mean, I'll put money on it now. The long term plan probably is a DC will drop the backups but keep the price. Like, that's oh, sure. of course uh, yeah. just like yeah. bag fees on airlines yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right uh my recommendation this week surprise it's an anime um this is an anime that is new to me but it is not new it is snow white with the red hair um it's actually really kind of sweet this uh came out in 2015 right now you can stream it on funimation um it's about this woman who is an herbalist and she's got this bright bright unnaturally red hair that nobody else has like there are no other redheads in this world that they live in and uh it catches the eye of the prince of the of the country where she lives and he's like you know what go get her i'm gonna make her my concubine and then everything's gonna be fine and she's like uh hold up buddy and so she decides (laughs) that is not the life that she wants she cuts off all of her hair well she cuts off most of her hair leaves it and then leaves town and basically yeah it's 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 pretty badass actually the series is basically um about her trying to sort of again just like in kung fu she's trying to forge her own path she has decided that she doesn't want to be a concubine she that's not the life that she wants she wants to be an herbalist and that's what she's going to do damn it so she goes to the neighboring town um meets the prince from over there Feelings ensue, but there is one line in early in the episodes that kind of gets me. It's two seasons, um, 13 episodes each. Yeah, 13 episodes each. Um, One line is, it's morning. She opens up her window and she's like, man, the sun is shining. It's a brand new day. There's all these opportunities and the sun is shining on me too. And I was like, hell yeah, girl, the sun is shining on you. Do your damn thing. Um, So it's just, it was really kind of a great sort of break in the heavier kind of anime that I've been uh, trying to catch up with. So Snow White with the red hair, where a woman has decided for herself that she doesn't just want to be somebody's arm candy. She has a purpose and she's going to live her own damn life. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. As, <laughs> as a father of two daughters, I appreciate that message. So. Oh yeah. It's super, it's super, uh, it's PG. Like there's no, not too much fight. There's yeah. a, a couple of fight scenes where there's a little bit of blood, but it's not one of those animes where you got like bouncy boobs and, and random sex comments yeah. every now and then. So it's, it's kid appropriate <laughs> if, if you wanted to awesome. show it to your kids. Yeah, man. That uh, was a haiku you. Oh yeah, my so God, that. I love haiku so much. It's yeah. so good. Anyway, I'm going to yeah introduce her to those in this week, hopefully. Listen, if she likes <laughs> gymnastics too, hit me up, Steven. I got a whole bunch of okay. like sport anime recommendations I could give you. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> um, this week, mine, I actually watched this a little while ago, but I've been looking for shows that I love and just uh, rewatched Upgrade on Amazon. Um, which is uh, uh, Robbie Amell and uh, Andy Allo. Um, it's awesome. It's a. It's basically the concept is that uh, in the future um, that instead of anticipating a religious afterlife, they have a digital one. So you can, much like you buy insurance, um, you can buy into an afterlife. And almost everyone has one, but it depending on your, <clears throat> just like, uh, just like everything else in life, depending on your finances and your access to wealth, you get a different type of afterlife, um, which is like, it has some of the most cutting commentary. 
It is hilarious. It's got like one of the best love stories I've seen in years. Um, there's just a, a great chemistry between the two main characters. Uh, it's really charming. It's probably my favorite show from the last year. Uh, I watched it with my wife and we were, it, you know, it, it's, it, yeah, we just really, really loved it. So watched the whole thing in a weekend and ah, it's awesome. Is it just one season? So far, yeah. They started, uh, it's been renewed, but just like, I mean, so many shows, COVID has mm-hmm. delayed it. Um, so I've yeah. heard good things, but I haven't actually watched it. So that I, I might put that on my oh, watch list. Yeah, I would I would really, really love to hear what you think about it. I, I can't recommend it enough. So Cool. Well, next week, you can come back and join us as we will be reviewing the Mortal Kombat uh, latest movie, 2021. And we will be re- also reviewing Sleeping Beauties Volume 1, which collects issues 1 to 7 from IDD- IDW Publishing. And don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our fifth Late to the Party Book Club episode was March by Andrew Iden and John Lewis. That episode dropped in February. And our next book club is going to be at the end of April. And it is Akira Volume 1 by Katsuhiro Tomo. You can also follow us on social media. We're Geeks Unleashed on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, and if you like this podcast, you can find all the other episodes and uh, any recommendations we love and appreciate. Uh, You can find us on Podbean, Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are available. Uh, Take the time, if you would, to give us a five-star review and just share it. We're looking for a broader audience, and that would be greatly appreciated. Cheers. You can also, um, by the way, I was laying uh, in bed the other day and just thought it'd be cheesy uh, and said, uh, <laughs> Alexa, play the Geeks Unleashed uh, podcast. And it's been ages since I've done it. So it continued an episode from like months ago that I listened to. So I was like, oh, that's annoying. Um, so, <laughs> what, 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 so whilst, no, I just thought I'd say like, so whilst I was, uh, so I said stop and then I did it again and then it went back to the episode. And I was like, okay. So I went. So whilst that episode was playing, I then said, "Alexa, go to the latest episode," and it jumped to the latest episode. So I know, She's like, so smart. So yeah. I was like, right, okay. So anyway, <clears throat> if you ask Alexa for the Geeks Unleashed podcast, you will definitely be able to listen to the latest episode. So anyway, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.